Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 2, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. When you're there, say amen. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Amen. Amen. Scripture says, When the Lord was about to take Elijah up into heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elijah were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elijah, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elijah said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So, they went down to Bethel. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for the reading of your word. I pray now, Father, that you'd open our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our senses, that we'd be receptive to your word, that we'd take and apply it to our lives, that we may become better disciples of your son, Jesus. I pray now, Father, that you'd remove me from the issues of me as your humble vessel, speaking your word through me. Forgive me all of my sin, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. So Elijah and Elijah, it's really easy to get them confused, and I'm going to try to pronunciate the Jah and the Shah, so we can keep it straight. But Elijah was going to be called up in the whirlwind into heaven, and he takes uh, Elijah with him. And he says, stay here. He says, I want you to stay here because I've got to go to Bethel. And he said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, he says, I'm going with you. I'm not staying here. We're going to pick up in verse 6. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked, two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elijah had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elijah, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elijah replied. You ever had anybody copycat you? You know, you're saying something and they're constantly saying the same thing you're saying. Joshua was on the phone with Grace. I guess it was Friday afternoon. He was talking to her. Oh, I love you. And I was like, oh, I love you. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, how are you? I kept copycatting him just to make him mad. Just to make him mad. Lee, I'm not scared of him. Just to make him mad. So, there in a minute, he looked at me and said, would you quit? Would you quit? Or somebody following you around everywhere they go. Brenda, sometimes Brenda said, well, you just leave me alone and I will follow her in every room. And she'll say, oh, just leave me alone. And it just tickles me to death. <laughs> She's just so angry. Elijah was saying to Elijah, look, just stay here. I've got to go there because the Lord wants me there. I've got to go there. Stay here. And Elijah's like, nope. As sure as the Lord lives and as you live, I'm going with you. I'm going wherever you're going. So finally he says, what do you want from me? I've had enough of you following me around. What do you want from me? And he says, well, I want a double portion of your spirit in my inheritance. Not just a portion of your spirit, but I want a double portion. I want twice as much of the spirit that you have along with my own spirit. 
Wasn't asking for much, was he? Elijah replied, You have asked a difficult thing. Elijah said, Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and spread them, separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to the heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elijah saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elijah then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. And the company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elijah. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Look, they said, we your servants have 50 able men. Let them go and look for your master. Perhaps the spirit of the Lord has picked him up and set him down on some mountain or in some valley. No, Elijah replied, do not send them. But they persisted until he was too embarrassed to refuse. So he said, send them. And they sent 50 men who searched for three days but did not find him. When they returned to Elijah, who was staying in Jericho, he said to them, Didn't I tell you not to go? So he received that double portion. And the men saw that Elijah's spirit rested upon Elijah. And so they said, Well, let us go look for your masters, 50 of us. Able men, we'll go look for him. And he's like, well, I just saw where he went. He's not there. There's no reason for you to go. And they kept persisting until he was too embarrassed to say, don't go. So he said, well, how many of you have to see it for yourself to believe? Kind of see it for yourself to believe. Yeah. That's kind of, I was like, well, go see for yourself. Take off, look for him. See if you can find him. So they left and the whole time, Elijah went back and he's sitting in the air conditioning, sipping on ice, water, and having a good time, right? And they're all out in the heat looking for him. And when they show up, they said, we look for him. We couldn't find him. And he said, told you so, right? Told you so. I told you that I saw him be taken up into heaven, and yet you still want to look for him. He wanted a double portion. Double portion of his spirit. In our Christian walk, it has to become less and less about us and more and more about Jesus. Amen. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. You ever been to a yard sale and you walk up and there's things laid out on the table and you're looking around going, I wonder how much that is. We're in a thrift store or just in any store and there's no price tag on it and I usually look to myself and go, it's for free. Yeah. It's free. Luke chapter 9, verse 51 through 62. Scripture says, at, that, at the time approached for him to be 
taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely sent out from Jerusalem. He sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him, but the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? Boy, they were, they were serious. They were like, do you not know who Jesus is who's coming into your village and he's asking you to prepare for him and yet you don't want to. You don't even want him here. And he's like, well, just let us call down fire from heaven and be done with it. But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went to another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, No one who puts hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So it is with our Christian walk. When God calls us to do something, we are to do it. When God calls us to move, we are to move. Jesus told this one man, He said, I'll go wherever you go. I'll, I'll go wherever you go. I'll follow you. And He says, Well, that's fine, but... Foxes have a den, birds have a nest, but the Son of Man has no place to lay His head. I have absolutely nothing. Jesus went from village to village depending on people to take Him in and love Him and provide for Him as He kept moving forward with His ministry. And He said, you're not going to have anything at all in this world. And He said to another man, He said, follow Me. Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Scholars said that they're really not sure that if the father was actually dead, if he was just on up in age. And the man said, let me go and attend to him until he passes. Then I'll come and follow you. Come follow me, he said to another. And he says, well, let me go say goodbye to my family first. See, when Jesus calls us to come, and do something for Him. We can't offer ultimatums of why we can't go right now. It's only do or be disobedient. You ever given your children or someone a task to do, give them a chore to do? Only for them to go, well, can, can I do it when I get back? Or can I finish this cartoon show first before I do that? We have a dehumidifier in our house in the basement. It collects water. Things got to be dumped all the time. Josh, I'm going to use this again. You just have to suffer through it, okay? <laughs> so it's got a little red light on it that comes on when it's full. And Brenda said, Joshua, anytime you see that red light on it, when you go down the stairs, you take the <coughs> tub out and you take it outside and dump it and you put it back in and it'll turn back on. So you make sure anytime you see that red light, you take it out. Joshua's I can fix this. So he set a candle over the red light. 
I don't see the red light. The red light is gone. Sometimes we do the same thing. When God gives us something to do and we see it plainly in our life, what it is we're supposed to do, we want to set a candle over it and go, well, I really didn't see that. I really didn't see what He really wanted me to do. I want to do my own thing. I want to take care of the own selfish flesh and desire of what I want to do. Jesus said, verse 62, no one who puts hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Today is my last Sunday here, but it's not my last Sunday preaching. I've looked in the Bible when I get to retire from preaching and I haven't found it. There's never a time in our Christian walk we get to a point to where we can say, I've done enough for the Lord, I can retire. Until we draw our last breath, it is for us as Christians to continue the message of Jesus Christ. Till our last dying breath. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 beginning in verse 1. Scripture says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I know a bunch of you have probably seen a yoke of oxen, maybe on TV or even in a, in a book somewhere. But a yoke, sometimes there's many different shapes. Sometimes it can just be a V that they put around an oxen or a horse or a mule's neck and they put rings across the top and just form support a load as they are carrying the burden that is put on. And God's Word says, do not put the yoke, the burden of slavery back on. You've been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Skip on down to verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immortality, impurity, and debauchery, adultery, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, fraction, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying each other. There's a lot of gifts the Spirit gives us. One of the gifts that the Spirit gave my family was this church. And when I went through licensing school many, many years ago, a pastor stood before us and said, there'll come a time when it's time for you to move and the Lord will tell you. And you'll fight it and you'll have to listen to the Lord and you'll have to discern the Spirit that tells you when to move. But if you love your people, you'll move. He said, well, he, he came to this church one time and he pulled up and he looked at it and it was beautiful. The yard was all beautiful. Everything was painted beautiful. Everything was great. And he, he moved into the parsonage and the next week his dad showed up and he was showing his dad around how everything was how beautiful everything was and how, how everything had just laid out before him. Hey, son, son, it's real beautiful. Everything looks great. He says, but what you have to remember is it looks good. It looked that way before you got here. It depends on whose hands it's left in. I don't know Brother Steve and Miss Mary personally. But I know the Lord knows them. And I know that the Lord has moved in a mighty way for them to come here. And I know that as I'm departing from here, I'm not leaving it in their hands. I'm leaving it in the hands of God. And when I look upon this, I, I know that if you want me to paint your house for you, I'm going to make a mess of it. I know that. I know if you want me to rebuild something for you, carpenter work, you better call Johnny because I'm no carpenter. I know if you want me to do any kind of electrical work, you better have good insurance because I might burn your house down. But I know one thing for sure. That I can do a lot of things but I can do nothing apart from Christ Jesus. Amen. And I know that leaving here and moving because the Lord told me to is what I was called to do. But also know that when I came here, I was also being obedient to God's call then. And I know by leaving, I'm not leaving this in someone's uncapable hands, but I'm leaving it in the hands of God. And you are 